0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of Wrestlers With Experience. I am your host, Mark Morrell, one half of the most illustrious tag team in all of the motherfucking multiverse universe. Dark Side's favorite podcast. We are also the purveyors of the anti life equation. And I'm the commander of the ship, along with Dietrich Davis, aka King Boomba A, the world boss. The dude with the big chip on his shoulder, and the master and the rulers of the fucking world. And if you don't believe us, try us. <laughs> Anyhow, um, we thank you all for tuning in for um, checking out the show. Um, once again, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, PodBeam, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Castbox, Google. Oh, I did say Google podcast addict deezer tuned in pod bean so we just want to really get into some stuff man because um there's a lot of things that's going on also if, just to let you know just to bring you up to speed Dietrich will be handling all of the wwe stuff you know i handle all of the new japan anything that comes out of japan mexico um and some of the indies here in the united states and uh you know Dietrich handles all of the American, uh, pro wrestling scene stuff, and you know we 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 take turns on the things that we do. So what we're gonna, what I'm gonna talk about is uh, a couple of things. First, um, got a brand new podcast getting ready to be out on the works. Um, Thoughts of the Village Idiot, featuring yours truly. Uh, that's something to look out for. So we'll be dropping that in a matter of weeks. So that will be coming. So, it's just a nice little venture of me doing what I do. This will be on the D- the Dietrich Davis um, Network. Along with the great show, The Important Nobodies. And, of course, this grand show right here. It's ourselves, wrestlers with experience. So, we're going to get right into a couple of things, man. So, first things first. New Japan's been going through a lot of stuff, man. And... I just want to jump on a couple of things regarding what's happening with New Japan. Now, um, as we all know, Will Ospreay has been hurt. He has fractured his neck and he may have some back issues. So he he had to relinquish the IWGP World Heavyweight title. And ironically, going back through the annals of time, um someone mentioned this and i had to take a look at it myself going back to the um the vacating of the titles and i mentioned how um the belts the belt itself has been vacated by champions um on numerous occasions because of injury from the first defense uh taking a loss to somebody because they were on a um another uh fighting show wrestling show and things of that nature There's been a lot of um, tie-ins with the vacating of of championships, especially um, the IWGP World Heavyweight title. Um, There's been a lot of that going on. So, you know, Will Ospreay had to vacate the belt. And I mentioned how I felt that um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, what they should do is hold an eight-man tournament to determine the brand new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. But, ironically, I had mentioned that if there was a tournament going down, I had a little thing where I made some brackets and, sh- and shit like that. But, um... And it featured the eight guys that I thought would be best to be involved in this tournament. Kota Ibushi, Kazuchika Okada, Shingo Takagi. Um, I've mentioned, um, either Sonata or Naito. I've mentioned, um... Jeff Cobb, I've mentioned um, Okan to a certain degree, I've also mentioned um, Evil being a former double champion, uh, and Tanahashi, but I did say let's keep Jay White out of the equation because Jay White is just getting started with his... um, his run is the never open weight champion. I said keep John Moxley out of it because John Moxley is still in the midst of his U.S. Championship title run right about now, so there's no need to put those guys in the tournament. However, I did state that what I would love to see, I would love to see a Shingo Takagi, uh, Kazuchika Okada final in the uh, the tournament to crown the brand new world champion. So sans the tournament. New Japan Pro Wrestling had announced that on June 7th, the upcoming Dominion show will be taking place, and it's going to have both English and Japanese commentary on that show. Several matches have been signed, and of those matches, it's going to be Kazuchika Okada versus Shingo Takagi for the World Heavyweight Championship. Um... This is going to be dynamic. I said that uh, I saw in its own right, I saw that um, it would be Shingo and um, Okada going at it for the belt. If there was a tournament and there would be a finals, but New Japan announced that it's going to take place. But it's going to be these two. And the reason why is because, number one, Okada, technically speaking, is the number one ranked challenger for the IWGP World Heavyweight title. He was supposed to get a uh, championship match against uh, Will Ospreay um, on the 29th, which would have been um, the Memorial Day weekend. But due to the um, postponing of the different shows... Uh, which would have been uh, the Grand Slam event at the Tokyo Dome that was supposed to take place. It didn't happen. So now we come to this. And this is directly off the New Japan website. The main event for Dominion will see the third IWGP champion crowned, IWGP World Heavyweight Champion crowned, as Shingo Takagi takes on Kazuchika Okada. Okada was originally intended to be Dominion, be in Dominion's main event as the IWGP World Champion already, has his title match with Will Ospreay set for May 29th at Wrestle Grand Slam, being the source of a lot of well-deserved hype, yet the Tokyo Dome card was postponed and then Ospreay had to relinquish the title entirely, citing injuries, sustained in his bout on May 4th's Wrestling Duntaku card about where he shared the ring with Shingo Takagi, the dragon who pushed Osprey to the very limit of one of the best IWGP heavyweight title bouts, world or not, in history. Takagi came up short in the end, but just barely, with the champion out of the picture holds just as strong as a claim to the championship title as Okada does. It is during the New Japan Cup This spring, that Shingo Takagi charted a course to the tournament final that began with the Rainmaker delivering its innovator and a win over Okada that more than righted Takagi's perceived unjust loss to the Chaos leader during last year's G1 Climax. At one win apiece... Osaka Joe Hall will see another rubber match that will determine not only who is the better man of the two is, but who is the best wrestler in the world, who the best wrestler in the world is. As Japan enters into its rainy season, will the Rainmaker come into his own, or will the rain be evaporated by a dragon's fire? Now, New Japan has stated it. I stated it. It's crazy that here... You have Kazuchiko Okada, one of the last men to be IWGP World Heavyweight Champion or IWGP Heavyweight Champion before the merger of the the Intercontinental and the IWGP titles before it became the World Championship. Here was one of the last guys to hold the title. That's number one. Shingo got a big win. Over Okada this year at the new Japan, in the New Japan Cup. That kind of slowed Okada down for a little bit. And now we're going to get the singles match between these two. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I would love to see Okada become the World Heavyweight Champion. I would love to see the Rainmaker win this World Heavyweight title so that his name can be etched onto that belt, just like how his name is attached onto the IWGP heavyweight title. But, we got some... I'm not too sure if Okada's going to be the man to walk out of the um event at Dominion as the world champion at Osaka Joe Hall. Now, the reason why I state this because, as we all know, Uh, Tokyo Sports and various other um, news outlets in Japan had stated a while back that, or had mentioned that Kaz was um, diagnosed with the pandemic symptoms. And, um, you know, he had fevers and all kind of whatnot, but he's feeling better now and he's back. He's back in form. He hadn't had any matches yet since he's been back, but he's back in form. But now, here's the form I want to talk about. Okada has had some back issues uh, during the course of last year and this year. And it's just curious to know. I'm curious to know what real good shape is Kazuchika Okada going to be in when he takes on Shingo Takagi for the World Heavyweight title. Now... I'm not saying I don't want to see Okada be the world champion because I do. I will I want to see Okada as the champ. But then with Okada as the champion, we can see how many people are going to be able to come after him for the title. Guys like Kota Ibushi, guys like Jeff Cobb, guys like O'Con. Uh guys like kenta guys like naito guys like sonata guys like tai Chi, zach saber jr those guys would go after okada um maybe even jay white although i still would not want to see jay white in the world title picture right now but i could see that um evil definitely i could see that happening And that's a probability. Let's say if Okada wins the title, Evil goes on to win the championship. That's going to be some stuff that's going to cause a a bit of chaos within the organization. But now my thing is, what do you do after, let's say, uh, if Evil wins the title? What babyfaces are you going to build to throw at Evil? Now, I just gave you guys a whole bunch of heels and in-betweeners that um, Okada can go after. But now let's flip the script. What happens if um, Takagi wins the World Heavyweight Championship? Sure, he can defend the title against Okada again. He could defend against Minoru Suzuki. He could defend against... um, Tanahashi, he could defend against Kenta, he could defend against um let me see, Goto uh, he can defend against uh damn, that's pretty much it, oh okay and then of course there's Okan and then there's um, Hanare and then there's also um Cobb but at the same time Who and where else are you going to get some competitors to compete against um, Takagi for the world heavyweight title? There's also a possibility that you can probably put some infighting going on within L.I.J. You know, that's very possible to see L.I.J. um, go at it against one another for that title. You know, Naito is still in the picture. You don't want to get rid of Naito so easily. You can't really do that. That'll be nuts. But you got that match to take place. You also got. um, Sonata. Sonata is in the picture. Also let me pull out a couple other guys. Okay. How about this. Takagi wins the title. You know who people would really want to see. Get a crack at Takagi for that belt. And it just slipped my mind. And I. Can't believe that even I, the solver of the riddle called the anti-life equation, didn't think about this shit. Ishii. Ishi, motherfucking Ishi, Tomohiro Ishii. the stone pit bull, Tomohiro Ishi. Oh my goodness! People want to see them to go at it, for the simple fact that this. Will be a knockdown drag out fight. And right now, even though LIJ is in the midst of going after chaos for the never open weight six man tag team championship at this moment, the buildup in that it's it's Ishii and Naito. So just imagine Ishii and Naito going at it in a number one contenders match. The winner faces Shingo Takagi as the world heavyweight champion. Ishii and Shingo would kill half the year throughout New Japan. They were rock and roll throughout the remainder of the year. With them two going at it for the World Heavyweight title. Before the end of the year and right before they get to Wrestle Kingdom. But then there's the possibility of looking at the one-on-one showdown between Shingo Takagi and Naito Tetsuya For the world heavyweight title. And man let me tell you. That shit will fucking rock. That's going to be a bomb ass match. If you pay attention to Naito's promos. He says. I don't like the idea. That. Shingo was running ahead of the pack. He's taking the lead. I'm a little jealous of that. Because it leaves me with nothing to do. But now I'm challenging for the never six man tag team belts. I need to see what's going on with uh, my boys. Sonata and um, Bushi. And see what they think about this. And they're all for it. Now they all got something to do. But there's that probability of that taking place. Cobb. Let's talk about Cobb. Cobb as a contender. Cobb would definitely be make a he would make a great contender for the championship, but he has to go through Kota Ibushi. And we all know that they got the big bout coming up, oh, which is also taking place at Osaka, Joe Hall in Dominion. So let's get right down to the uh the skinny right there. At Satsuma no Kuni in April 29th, Kota Abushi issued a challenge to Jeff Cobb, and it was the cha- and it was a challenge. Ibushi would say, found more than just desire for revenge after Ibushi lost the World Heavyweight Championship to Will Ospreay, the IWGP World Heavyweight title. On April 4th, Jeff Cobb delivered further injury with an unprovoked and uncongruable tour of the islands. But this alone was not what motivates the Golden Star to take the mic and address the Imperial unit. No, Ibushi instead wanted to test himself against the Olympian and a superhuman in Jeff Cobb. In Cobb, Ibushi sees a man who can perhaps do everything he can do, but better. Ibushi has been long renowned for his combination of heavyweight power and junior heavyweight athleticism. But Cobb is equally capable of flight incredibly capable of hurling his opponents and perhaps decisively when it comes to this match phenomenally capable of knocking his opponents out devising his kabagoy at um dantaku Cobb sought to show that he was clearly on a level above ibushi bushi master wato and then ibushi himself with each takes the knockout blow for the coming days and weeks, and then the move seemed to be the key to victory of choice for Jeff Cobb. Can United's Empire Hatchet cement himself as a clear main event star and on a tier above Ibushi by using his own move against him? Or after April 4, or after his April 4th defeat, will Ibushi rise like the phoenix? At Dominion. That's going to be a Steeler Sleeper Show match right there. So you got to keep your eye on that. Then we have the match that was supposed to take place at Wrestling Dontaku. El Desperado defending the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship against Yo, one half of the Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Rapongi 3K. This match was postponed. Uh Yo was originally supposed to challenge uh Desperado on May 4th at Dantaku. After a wave of card changes, the two month the two now will meet a month later. Yo's championship challenge came about after he and Sho took the junior, cha- junior heavyweight tag team titles back on his return at Sakura Genesis, seeking to ride a wave of momentum to double title glory. Yo issued a challenge to um desperado for a singles match in exchange for a tag title rematch at Sasumi no kuni yo and show have held their end of the bargain in kokushima with an impressive defense but can the momentum continue for yo in a direct drive this first in, in a direct drive to his first singles title or will desperado not healthy and rested? be able to make his first successful successful defense of the junior heavyweight title that he captured at in the same Osaka Jo Hall venue at the end of February. Let's talk about that for a minute. Now, both men, these two men also were a part of the nine that um had the symptoms of the pandemic. And uh both men weren't feeling so great. So they postponed the bout. As much as I would like to see Yo, capture the title. This is El Desperado's first title defense, And truth be told, um, there's always a 50-50 chance the junior heavyweight title will always change hands at Osaka Joe Hall. That's a given, right? Given the, the, the past record. But I think personally, and this is just me, I would like to see um, El Desperado retain the junior heavyweight title. It's time. It's time that he retains the title. It's his first title defense. Let's see what he does. But then again, Yo can be that strong to walk out with the title. But, we need to see a baby face situation where we have Yo, or excuse me, we have El Desperado go on to defend the championship up against Master Wato, or Taguchi Ryusuke. Or maybe even, um, taji shimori right we need to see that and then i think now also will be the time to start um building up the other juniors such as um what is the boy's name doki chase owens he's kind of in that junior heavyweight division as well too although he is the texas heavyweight champion um you gotta bring in more juniors Also, you need to bring in more heavies, and you also need to bring in more tag tag teams for both the junior tag and the heavyweight tag titles as well. So, but that's what's going on with the uh, the New Japan deal right there regarding um, these matches for Dominion. Now, let's get into the bullshit. Let's talk about this uh, punk-ass rumor with um, WWE. New Japan. Let's let's get right into it, right? So now, apparently, the that boy Nick Khan has been um, in talks of trying to um, get trying to develop a partnership with New Japan Pro Wrestling, so that Daniel Bryan can go over to New Japan Pro Wrestling and um, also have an opportunity to work there and in the process of having an opportunity to work there he's also they're also talking about trying to make a big deal about becoming America's number 1 partnership to new Japan now here's why i think that fucking sucks now you know trying to be unbiased it's kind of rather hard. I mean, I like the WWE, but then now uh, let's talk about this. If New if if WWE sends stars and talents to New Japan Pro Wrestling, that's going to be good for New that's going to be good for as they say for both companies. It's one-sided. This is a one-sided deal. They're going to send guys over there and then they're going to want for the WWE talent whether they are mid-level talent on the main roster or NXT guys the WWE is going to want those guys to look strong on the New Japan show so what's to say that New Japan sends its roster over to WWE that roster is going to be obliterated why I mean What's going to happen? You know? What is going to happen? When um these guys come to New Japan. Oh, excuse me, or not New Japan. Um, when these guys go to um Jesus H Christ. When the New Japan guys come over there to WWE, who's coming over there? Fin juice? Who's coming over there? Um, Yano? Fale? Are they coming over? Are the um, gorillas of Destiny coming? That's what I want to know. Explain that shit to me. Because what I want to know is that are they going to make these talents look good inside the WWE ring? Inquiring minds want to know. I personally think it ain't going to happen. You know, I really, I really, I really don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be bullshit. You know, so. It's going to be bad. I truly think that WWE needs to just mind its business. Stay with building the company. Build their talent. Do the shit that they need to do, and not jump on the bullshit. Like, oh yeah, we got the we got the we, we're going to be sending our guys over there to WWE. First of all, you're only going to be sending certain people over there, and if I'm not mistaken, of the certain people that's going over to WWE, there's only but one person that they're considering wanting there as their top guy to go over there. It's going to be Daniel Bryan. Don't nobody want, you know, let's be honest. No one's going to want to see Roman Reigns go over there and get obliterated by the New Japan guys. And against who? Who are they going to put him up against? Who are they going to put Roman Reigns up against? What Okada and have him have have him be obl- have him be destroyed by Okada? I don't see that shit happening. You're gonna send the Usos over there so that they can take on the Gorillas of Destiny. That will be the only good thing to come out of that. To see the Tongans take on the Samoans, that's gonna be the only thing that's gonna be good about that, right? Why? You get to see the whole bloodline together in one great big match. For an IWGP Tag Team Championship match, or maybe there might be the possibility if the Usos win the WWE SmackDown Tag Team title, they go over there as the Tag Team Champions and they don't get obliterated by the G.O.D. Who else can they get? Who That's what I want to know. Who else can they get? That's the thing that I want to know. I smell bullshit. And now, regarding Daniel Bryan. You know, regarding Daniel Bryan. What's going to happen is, is that Daniel goes over there. And he goes and he um takes on Zack Sabre Jr. Takes on Jay White. Takes on Okada. Takes on Tanahashi. Takes on Naito. He's going to go over there and he's going to run through all those guys. What else is going to happen? Are they going to bring AJ Styles over there back? They're going to bring him back over there? Are they going to bring the New Day over there? Are we going to see the New Day versus the the Gorillas of Destiny? Or Dangerous Techers? Are they going to have... Are they going to allow... Um Drew McIntyre to go over there? N- I, I don't think so. And what? F- beat up Jeff Cobb? Yeah, okay. That shit ain't gonna happen. L- listen, it's a one-sided deal, and if it is for that, it's just only because um your dude is only going to um just do that. That's just basically what I think it is. So, ladies and gentlemen. I just say, Meltzer just only did that shit just to get more people to look at his paper so that people can see what the fuck's going on. And I'll be frank with you. I just personally think that it was just that. Just to get you guys to clickbait to see what the fuck's going on. Because truth be told, WWE's roster is thin. New Japan's roster is thin. And that's only due to various things, including the pandemic. That's the main thing. WWE trying to block AEW from working with New Japan would be a bogus move. You have talent in, on, on the AEW roster who has it exclusively written in their contracts that they can go to New Japan Pro Wrestling and they can work. So now what happens, right? You got John Moxley, the US Champion. He can't wrestle on a New Japan card, and he's the U.S. heavyweight champion because New Japan would have been the only exclusive partner in North America for the WWE. Finn Juice, the Good Brothers, can't go to New Japan to work. kind of shit is that? And then, oh, if they do go over there and they're working with these guys, oh, they can't cross paths. So you mean to tell me we can't see, you mean to tell me, not say we can't see, you mean to tell me that John Moxley, if he's defending the U.S. championship between AEW and on New Japan Pro Wrestling, he can't work against so-and-so because, oh, they're under WWE's contract. Get the fuck out of here. Meltzer, you know what? Yo, go 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 smoke some peyote, homeboy. Something. Do something. Because you sound pathetic. You and that paper of yours. Anyway, guys, further news. Now, with the further news, we had the first of the Road to Dominion matches that took place today um, for New Japan Pro Wrestling. <clears throat> um, by the time that you hear this, it would have been passed, but here we go. Um, we had in our... Main event, which is the match I'm going to focus on. The main event I'm going to focus on is Dangerous Techers taking on the Guerrillas of Destiny for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Titles. This was a very, very, very good match. Long-awaited match between these guys. This feud has been brewing since uh, the World Tag League last year. Wrestle Kingdom in January, where the Guerrillas of Destiny beat Dangerous Techers in the uh, tournament to win the Tag League, <clears throat> but Wrestle Kingdom, they went on to win the IWGP Tag Team Championships, the Heavyweight Tag Belts, and they've had a stronghold on those belts for quite some time. <clears throat> the Dangerous Techers team have been chasing the Tag Team Champions for quite some time. Singles matches took place. During the uh, preceding months, we had the singles match between Tongaloa and Zack Saber Jr., where Zack Sabre Jr. beat uh Tongaloa in his singles bout to secure them the shot for the world tag team titles, the heavyweight, excuse me, the heavyweight tag team title, and for the iron fingers of hell, Tai Chi and Tama Tonga fought it out. In a ladder match for the title. The second ladder match in the history of the company. And uh, Chi got the win over that. That secured for them to have the main event for the um, tag team titles. It was a good match in the beginning. Uh, Mio Abe came out with Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. It's been a while since we last seen her. Doki comes ringside to support um, the Suzuki-gun team. And of course, <clears throat> Giotto comes out with um Tama and Tangaloa. The referee pushes them all back, make them go to the back of the um the arena, go back to the locker room so that they won't get involved in a match, so it can be a fair and square match. The match was going back and forth. Great match. A lot of hill work between both teams. But in the end, uh Ghetto comes out. And uh, he interferes. Doki comes out. He interferes. And in the end, it was Zack Saber Jr. hitting the uh, Holy Zack Driver, the maneuver given to him by Taka Michinoku, the Michinoku Driver. He hit Tonga with the um with the driver to get the pen, the one, two, three, and brand new IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Suzuki goon Tai Chi and Zack Sabre jr they are two-time holders of the heavyweight tag team title uh these guys definitely earned that tag team championship it was a pretty damn good match other matches on the card of course you had the never six-man tag team titles although they're not up for grabs but the preview to that match for the Never Six Man Tag Team titles did take place as it was an eight-man tag. It was the team of Chaos, Kazuchika Okada, teaming up with Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, and Yoshihashi as they took on the team of Los Inugoronobles de Japón, Bushi, Sanada, Naito Tetsuya, and Shingo Takagi. Now, like I've mentioned, these um, two teams are going at it basically right now for all of the championships right now. So these were just preview matches. This was a preview match between Chaos and LIJ. And of course, with the LIJ team, I must make reference that, again, Taichi, oh, excuse me, I'm saying Taichi. Tashi, ta, um, Shingo Takagi will be taking on Naito Tetsuya in the singles match, um, which will be coming up June 7th for the IWGP World Heavyweight title. The belt, which has been vacant by um, Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay is hurt down and out for a bit. He won't be around and about for a while, but it was a great match between those guys right there. So um, it was the team of Chaos that got the win with, um, Hiroki Goto getting a pinfall with the, Hiro- Yo- the Yoshi Hiroshi on, um, Bushi to get the win, each team was staring each other down, and in the end, it was Chaos that reigned supreme in the, uh, in the match, also, there were some, um, other bouts that did take place as well, um, I will get into that in a minute. Let me just get those for you. And I can give you that. And I'm pulling these from New Japan Pro Wrestling World 1972.com. <clears throat> so I'm going to go to the results. And that was the Road to Dominion Part 1, Night 1 at Kuroken. So we had in um, singles, oh no, actually in, in six-man tag team action, he had Yuya... Uh, Yu, Yuya... Uh, Umura, Yuya Umura, taking on Show and Yo, the IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions, facing Minoru Suzuki, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and El Desperado. uh Umura has been waiting to get in the ring with Minoru Suzuki. Um, I guess this is his means of getting his excursion training in-house with New Japan, with a feud with Minoru Suzuki. We don't know if they're going to have a singles match, but eventually I think that's going to happen. And of course... <clears throat> El Desperado will be defending the junior heavyweight title against Yo in um, singles competition at um, the June 7th show. And it was El Desperado hitting Peachy Loco on Yura Imura to get the win. And then we have a, another eight-man tag. We had El, Des, oh, excuse me, El Fantasmo, Taji Ishimori, Chase Owens, and EVIL taking on Ryusuke Taguchi, Tiger Mask, Tomaki Hanma, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. <clears throat> Tanahashi is getting back into the swing of things after losing the never open weight title. He's still the number one challenger for the belt, but apparently, if by the time David Finley comes back, Taguchi will probably be put in that slot to get the crack at Jay White for the title, but... Initially the number one the real number one challenger is none other than um Fi- um David Finley, but it was Taji Ishimori hitting the bloody cross on Tiger Mask, El phantasma of course going back and forth between New Japan and uh, impact wrestling, so it was good to see him there in this match and of course they might do something with Chase Owens and Tomaki Hanma maybe New Japan may um, get Chase Owens to defend the Texas heavyweight title. And then we had the tag match between Yodosuji and Kota Abushi taking on the United Empire, the great Okan, and Jeff Cobb. Um, Jeff Cobb showing all of his power and, 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 and strength in this matchup against both men along with Okan with the submission. And um, with the submission holds and stuff like that, he's a a pretty decent technical wrestler, Great Ocon. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him somewhere down the road um, as a future champion. Um, The same thing with Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb definitely has what it takes to become a future champion as well. I can see these guys going after the tag team titles. And to be frank, I would love to see that. If not them two, as the um, heavyweight tag champions, I would love to see Hanare get involved in that or have them three go after the the team of um, either L.I.J. or Chaos, whoever wins the ever six-man tag team title. Kota Ibushi, of course, is looking to get back into the picture for the world heavyweight title. And um, he was in great shape in this matchup. Yodosuji is a person that you guys got to keep an eye on. He's doing phenomenal. He's been doing pretty damn good. When when New Japan started doing their shows once again at Kureken Hall um, last week, one of the opening bouts was Shingo Takagi versus Yodosuji, and they tore the house down in the opener. So you definitely got to keep an eye out on that. So that would be the person I would say, um, let's keep an um, eye out on that. So I would say like, out of this card the wrestler of the day would be z s j hitting the um the holy Zack driver on uh Tamatanga actually that's who he hit it on it was Tamatanga so um I would say definitely be on the lookout for that there's some other news here I want to talk about some more new Japan news. <clears throat> Of course, as you may have seen, um, the Double or Nothing pay-per-view, the um, Double or Nothing Casino Battle Royal, took place. Great shape, great form. They're doing a little better with the um, with the entrance coming in and out of the um, the um, the Battle Royal itself, and the Joker, the one who got the twenty-one chip or the twenty-one card to enter into the um, Battle Royal was none other than Leo Rush. Leo Rush, ladies and gentlemen, the MLW uh Cruiserweight Champion, uh the AAA Cruiserweight Champion and signee to New Japan Pro Wrestling. People were wondering, well what's his status? What's going on here? Well, we can explain right here. Tony Khan talks AEW deal with Leo Rush. So following the double or nothing um pay-per-view, this is coming from Jason Umpreseth. Umpraseth, I guess that's how it's called pronounced. But uh Mr. Umpreseth from um wrestlinginc.com put down these notes following the uh double or nothing pay-per-view. AEW president and CEO Tony Khan spoke to the media in a post show scrum at double or nothing leo rush made his aew debut in the casino battle royal khan revealed rush's status he says he does not have a pen to paper deal but leo and i have a handshake agreement that he can work here and he can do both new japan i think we have something good on our handshake and i think that that's what he's doing on this handshake with new japan too I think that's the kind of thing that we've been doing, and it's been pretty good. I think it's a good way to work. It has been reported that Rush has currently signed with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and New Japan Pro Wrestling has allowed Rush to work AEW dates, Khan revealed in his past talks with Rush. I think he's going to come back. We'll get to it, Khan stated. I would like for Leo to come back. He's also doing stuff for New Japan, so he also got some dates booked right now. He's free for this. He was free for this, and I'm going to respect the calendar, so I'm not going to go out and ask him to cancel his indie dates and do stuff for us. He has a pretty solid calendar, but he was free for this, and I wanted him to come. I had talked to Leo about maybe coming in last year, but we weren't able to do it. We did the Casino Battle Royal last year at All Out, and we weren't able to... Do it at double or nothing because to be honest, when I got the roster back together, I didn't have enough people to do the casino battle royal. I threw that show together quickly, and it was one of the best pay-per-views that we had done with only 10% capacity. And that's when I had the idea to do the casino ladder match that we did last year at um All Out. I wanted Leo to come in but he wasn't free he was actually taping the challenge and I couldn't take and he couldn't take his phone to do the challenge and I heard back from his wife who said he would love to do it but he's doing the challenge he felt so sick that he wasn't able to do it I thought well it would be great if he would still be able to do it and it worked out I think he is going to come here but he's also got new Japan and Indies coming up so I think we'll see Leo back so there you have it Leo rush. On a handshake deal with both New Japan Pro Wrestling and with um, AEW, he made his debut in that Battle Royal. Which, by the way, um, Jungle Boy won the Battle Royal. So, he's now the number one contender to the AEW World Heavyweight title. Okay, now. Um, There was a story, I might have mentioned it, but if not, I'll mention it again. Kenny Omega... Revealed what he told Osprey and Jay White. Actually, I think I did tell you this. Well, you know what? I'll tell you it again. In a recent Sports Illustrated interview. um, Credit going to um, Sai Mohan on this one. AEW world champion recalled his last conversation with both Jay White and Will Ospreay before he left New Japan Pro Wrestling for AEW. He said, before I left New Japan, I pulled both Ospreay and Jay White aside. And I said, I don't even know if I should tell this story, but I will. I told both this company at least. The Western expansion and the pride of the foreigners is all in your hands. They're going to look to you to carry this thing, so you've got to do it. I said to Jay and I said to Osprey, knowing it was likely a likely scenario, but I was hoping to light a fire underneath the both of them. Omega felt that the conversation lit a fire on Osprey, who underwent a physical transformation and made a complete career shift. For Osprey, he really came into his own, Omega admitted. He made a complete sh- career shift. And he, was fan- and he was going to be a fantastic champion. He made changes to his body. He made changes to his style, his look, and his demeanor. He became the person that he needed to be the champion of that company. Unfortunately, becoming champion wasn't enough for him. He tried to fill my shoes. Omega proceeded to take a shot at Ospreay, who recently vacated the IWGP World Heavyweight title due to neck injury. Physically... Even though he's one of the most gifted performers to ever step foot in the ring, there's only one Kenny Omega and you can't fill those shoes. Thus now his title is vacant. So perhaps it was meant it was meant to always meant to be my belt and my belt alone. That's not me making a firm statement on whether I will make a venture out there, just that there is no one that can fill my shoes or override my legacy. The AEW star stated when Osprey comes back, he will have to reanalyze who he is and who he is meant to be because he is not meant to be me. Strong words from the AEW A and Impact Wrestling World's Heavyweight Champion regarding uh, Will Ospreay and Jay White. I would love to see what Jay White's comments would be about this conversation with um, Kenny Omega. That would be very interesting, but folks bringing things to speed before I dip out of here. I'm going to make a statement, and um, I'm going to talk about this on another episode down the road, and it is in regards to uh, the quick pull of um, maneuvers that AEW has been doing, one with the firing of um the commentator that made fun of um Shida's, um accent while she was presented the brand new uh women's world heavyweight title this um on on the uh, the Friday edition of um Dynamite you know him uh making comments while the mics were still hot when they were going into transition after. Um, The belt presentation ceremony was given to her when she won the title. Um, With that being said, I'm going to talk about that. And then I'm also going to talk about, you guessed it, Cody Rhodes. And uh, his promo that he did on Anthony Ogogo prior to the event. And a couple of things that I really feel... That needs to be touched on. No I'm not an employee of AEW. But I will state that. Cody I'm going to have a talk. With about you. And I think you need to hear. Something from. Someone like me. And uh. That's pretty much that. Also I will be talking about how. Mark Henry. Made his debut. In fact I'm going to close out with Mark Henry right now. Of course as we all know. The um. Double or nothing pay-per-view took place. And a big signing took place. AEW signed Mark Henry to sign AE, AEW signed Mark Henry to a contract to AEW. Right? Henry, who also works for Busted Open Radio, revealed what led him to leave the WWE and join All Elite Wrestling. He said, My deal was up. This is not something that was recent. I could go back five, six months. I wanted a position in the office and I wanted everything to come with it. I also talked to Vince McMahon and he said, write it up. He said, you're somebody that I will hear from, I will listen to. And there was a lot of cleaning house and there were a lot of cuts that were happening. There were lots of cuts to come. I've seen hundreds of people people in the company go. I still felt like, well, Knowing this, I feel valuable enough to know that I'm not going anywhere, so that's cool. But when your deal comes up and the rights, the legal part of it comes when you're going to go next and what are you going to do? I felt like I wanted to do more. I felt like I've always wanted to do more. You know me, I'm a busybody. If I'm not doing nothing, what I know I can do, especially if I feel that I can do it better than anyone else, If I can't get that opportunity, I have to start looking elsewhere, and I did. Henry was then asked about the conversation he had with Vince about changing promotions. Henry said that the conversation was positive, and he professed nothing but positivity about his 25 years working for WWE. It wasn't negative. Everyone knows me, and Vince got love for one another. And more than love, respect. Me calling him and saying what I needed to say, what needed to be said, came from a place of like a brother telling his older brother, man, I'm tired of being in the shadows. I feel like someone beneath you is holding me back. And if there's someone holding me back, I've got to go. Because you could tell everybody what to do, but there might be something that comes with that. I felt like I was being held back. And I wasn't getting what I wanted. I wanted to be successful. You know, I want to be able to learn more. And I want those pelts on the wall. And man, it was the coolest thing, you know. <clears throat> Everything you needed to know, you go. And if you go, and if you feel like you need to go, one, I don't necessarily want it. I necessarily didn't want it. But if I feel that, but if you feel you want to go, you need to go, then go. You're. Go- I know you're going to be a success going to be successful that's what you want i'm not going to run from a conversation like that there's a lot of people that are kind of scary and unloyal or whatever no one will ever say that mark henry was unloyal i've been loyal there were times where i have been offered more money and didn't leave 25 years with the same company through the good and the bad i was there everything wasn't perfect but family but what family has a perfect existence not very many but mine was really good, I really had a good experience, I learned a lot, I spent a lot of time in the production office and in the trucks, I did, then I did around the ring and in catering, I've always had the executive mindset. So, here's what's going to happen, Mark Henry is going to be doing, Um. Ex- uh, I don't know if he's going to be doing executive work in All Elite Wrestling, but he has been hired as a coach and he's also going to be doing commentary as well uh for all elite wrestling especially when they expand to do their new their new shows coming up um during the course of the year so best of luck to mark henry for um being hired with all elite wrestling and um there's the situation there with that so ladies and gentlemen my name is mark morrell and i thank you for tuning in to this episode of wrestlers with experience like i said on the next episode i'm gonna have a nice little um, expression of thoughts about certain things. I'm going to express my thoughts primarily around one, the ultimate warrior and, um, the, um, documentaries that was done on, um, both vice and, um, a and I'm also going to talk about Cody Rhodes and, um, I'm actually not talking about him. I'm going to talk about, to Cody Rhodes on this and I think that this is something as a fan and as um somebody who res- who respects the business of pro wrestling I think there are some do's and don'ts that um even an executive vice president and an all-around human being should never do in the wrestling industry or just the in- the business of entertainment as a whole you know um, I'm gonna get into that I will talk about that So ladies and gentlemen I thank you for tuning in For Wrestlers With Experience If you like the episode Please continue to support the efforts Follow us on Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts Spotify Our Heart Radio Stitcher Deezer Podbean Podcast Addict, Tuned In And all of the other streams That you listen to this program on We thank you very much Don't forget We um, We are turning out a bunch of things here on this program and on the platform for Dietrich Davis On Demand Network, so just be on the lookout for that. We thank you very much for listening to this edition of Wrestlers with Experience. I am Mark Morrell, one half of the most illustrious tag team in all of the multiverse, and the scribe of the fucking anti-life equation. Get at your mans. I will see you guys in a bit. Take care, and I will talk to you soon.